Yeah, don't get me started on Redo of Healer, though. That's one big monster right there. That made Shield Hero look like a joke. Yeah, if you if you want if you want halal, you can watch Tony Kawai. Yes. The Arab the Arab fans call it halal love story because because they begin with marriage. <laughs> oh yeah yeah. Yes, podcast number 85, Jay Agonoy with Keepsakes. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much for being with us today on this special episode. We're just 15 episodes shy from having 100 episodes and joining me until this, until that point, and uh, beyond that point, rather, is really much appreciated. So, we have our very special guests from Indonesia, our neighboring country. On my left, is the senior editor at the Indonesian Anime Times, the English division of Indonesian anime news site, Kauri Nusantara. Ladies and gentlemen, Halimun Muhammad, good evening to you from uh, Manila. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, by this time, it's, it's 5.30. We're just closing down in the evening so that I can confidently say Selamat uh, Malam. <laughs> Yeah, so we're also we're still yeah, at uh, yeah, right. And uh, on my right is a podcaster just like me. He is a Japanese pop culture enthusiast, a podcaster on Animanga podcast Lutok, and a collaboration manager of Ghosties Comic, one of the leading Indonesian internet characters, which uh, who has just had his debut at the Indonesian Comic Con. So, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yeah, the congrats, uh, say my congratulations to Ghosty uh, uh, for that. Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Lutfi Surianda Akmojo is with us as well. Salamat malam. Uh, yeah, I just say Salamat malam. Salamat malam. So, right. Yes, yes. But 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 actually, but actually is evening, so we call it Selamat sore. But but because it's changing into the night, Selamat malam is okay too. All right. Okay. So it's malam. Uh, I've been looking at. Indonesia so far as one of the perhaps the biggest contributors of Japanese pop culture content. Uh, you have lots of people talking about anime. You have lots of media sites talking about anime. And you even had the cyber press coverage guidelines, something that we don't have here in the Philippines by principle. We do we have it by uh, by ethics. So before we proceed to that, I would like to have Uh, each and one of you introduce yourselves. Uh, what you do and how did you get introduced to Japanese pop culture? Let's let's start with Hal. All right. So yeah, what I do related to uh, Japanese pop culture is yeah, acting as the senior editor at the Indonesian Anime Times. Yeah, basically, I check on my colleagues' uh, works, making sure. Uh, They are fit to be published. Yeah, sometimes I also write uh, my own columns. And how I got into anime, uh, maybe it's not really typical for Indonesian, but uh, yeah, actually, um, I've been watching anime since uh, I was little. Yeah, just like uh, many other. People in here who grew up in the 90s, I watch anime on television. 
Yeah, I, I saw shows like Doraemon, Dragon Ball, Sailor Moon. Yeah, those are uh, very common. Yeah, but uh, yeah, to be honest, uh, I used to uh, lost interest in Japanese animation actually around 2005. And uh, it wasn't until, uh, it was around 2008. Uh, at that time, uh, we were subscribing to a satellite TV provider. And yeah, one day I just randomly saw Animax. It's a Kino's journey at the time. And since, uh, yeah. and uh, the show was unlike anything I had seen at the time. And it made me interested. And because I was tuning into Animax, yeah, I also saw their other, show, their other shows. And uh, from then on, yeah, I also uh, look for more information about anime through internet yeah, until yeah uh, here i am now <laughs> all right so that's uh, as uh, far as anime has gotten you so far so how about how about luffy so uh the first contact uh i'm uh, beforehand but uh, i'm luffy surendat mojo i'm right now currently a collaboration manager uh, on ghosty's comic uh, an indonesian leading internet uh Cult internet character. Uh, we have a VTuber right now, comic, and we also collaborate with many big brands, such as maybe like uh, maybe like in, in Filipinos, Filipinos reader, uh, the know, but uh, we we recently collaboration with the Indonesian government of post office. We make a stamp and a postcard mm. in, in Indonesia, and we already uh, have many collaboration in there. So, uh, but but before before I becoming collaboration manager, I've worked in. Uh, creative industry in Indonesia uh, along three years uh, in games, comic, and Japanese comic, even Japanese comic too. So, and beforehand, uh, I also uh, am a music editor and a contributor on Kaori Nusantara but, uh, beforehand. And the, the first time I, I, I touch with Japanese anime is like, uh, maybe when I was a little kid, I I love very much a uh, web diver. It's it's on air on Indonesian television. I mean I mean so deeply love in web diver. I I I waited uh, the show uh, the, the the show on TV, but I didn't. I lost interest on uh, Japanese anime is uh, maybe like uh, four or five years, and I fall in love again in 2010. Uh, but uh, because basically uh, my friends. Uh, I, I, I sit I sit beside my friends who who have a, a a really really otaku, and when I when I say oh you like anime I didn't like anime first first I didn't like anime on on my junior high school I I hate I hate Japanese culture so much mm. like like you know it's like it's kind of like a freaky things like you like like you cosplay oh my god like like it's 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 not it's not it's it's weird yeah and right now i'm cosplaying too it's it's maybe like a karma for me <laughs> yeah uh you you were uh, yes. you're saying that you were ariyaju before yes yes <laughs> but but i've already turned into an, an anime lovers one and the first contact is uh, the first recontact again with anime is like on evangelion I'm very mesmerized with uh, Evangelion and Neon Genesis Evangelion, and and yeah, here I am, and I watching Good Gundam, and here I am right now working with Japanese Japanese pop culture things. So that's interesting, ah, uh, really interesting. Uh, 
to for for someone uh, like you who doesn't like the culture but eventually got immersed in the culture so two interesting stories um just uh just to also to share my history with the japanese pop culture we grew yes. up in a time where animes on tv is very popular at the time the most vivid memory that i had was in 2001 when anime was on prime time lupan the third lupan the third was on prime time and then uh, before before the evening news starts at six we have mojako okay. Yeah, if uh, if you're familiar with Mojako, I think everyone here uh, here is very familiar with Mojako. Although it's not an anime that's been discussed recently, more people discuss series like Doraemon or I I I forgot this uh, series that the name of the series, but it it has a kettle in it. It has a kettle, robot kettle. Yeah. Ah, Taku Yeah, they call it Gadget Boy. It's in the Philippines. It's being. Uh, it's called Gadget Boy. So <laughs> Gadget Boy Kanipan. Yeah. So and yes, uh, we also grew up in a time where Voltes Five Daimos. Ma, uh, some some people, um, most people older than me, grew up on the time where Mazinger Z exists. We, I, up on my end, I barely know know uh, Voltes Five's uh, history in Philippine politics. <laughs> In one way or another, but uh, that's for another story. So uh, we'll start with the questions uh, that uh, we have prepared. I have prepared for both of you. Um, uh, Hal will talk about historical context, a brief history of Japanese pop culture in Indonesia, and uh, Luffy will talk about the contemporary context. So we'll start with Hal first. Uh, he will be sharing a presentation with us. Okay, so I'm going to talk about some history. Yeah, uh, actually, I'm not really an expert in this. <laughs> uh, there are some time periods that uh, I do not know much yet. Still need to do more research on that. But at least I hope I can uh, yeah, just give some overview of what has been happening in Indonesia uh, related to yeah, the availability and the access of anime and manga in this country. So the 90s, I think, uh, was the important moment for the proliferation of anime and manga in Indonesia. Uh, why is it important? Uh, we can look back to the time before that. Okay, so actually, before 1989, uh, our country only had one TV station which was the state-owned uh, public broadcaster, which is TVRI. This station uh, used to have important programs because uh, the funding that they received from the government was limited. Yeah, they didn't have that much uh, resources to make their own uh, programs. So it's cheaper to import uh, foreign programs. Yeah, from what I have read, uh, even during the 70s, TVRI also had already shown an uh, animated series from Japan. Yeah, but I didn't know much yet. About, I don't know much yet about uh, this uh, topic at the moment. Yeah, however, uh, during the 80s, because of some policies of the New Order government, 
Yeah, the imported programs in TVRI was reduced. And also they made TVRI become uh, dependent on the government. As a result, uh, TVRI during this time was more of a mouthpiece for the government and uh, the and the local programs that they made that they made tend to be rather low quality, which is which was uninteresting for the uh, domestic audience. However, also during the 80s, uh, the urban middle class had grown affluent enough to afford technologies that can bypass these limitations. First, they can use uh, parabola dishes to receive uh, TV broadcast from other countries like Malaysia or Singapore, or even to receive CNN broadcast. And also, they can use video cassettes to circulate uh, foreign movies and TV series. Yeah, some Japanese TV shows like Space Sheriff Gavan, Dai Sentai Google 5, or Megaloman uh, were accessed uh, during this period through the use of Betamax tapes. Yeah, so this situation actually caused uh, some concern from the government because people are accessing foreign contents outside of their control. Yeah, but the key moment was when uh, one of Suharto's family was interested to make his own TV station. So they give they gave permission for the first private-owned TV station in Indonesia, which was uh, RCTI. Yeah, we call it like that. They began broadcasting in 1989. Yeah, the consideration, other than uh, because. Yeah, one of Harto's family wanted it. Yes, uh, it's considered more feasible to control foreign contents if they are shown through official recognized channels rather than through illegal means like the parabola dishes. So uh, following RCTI, other private-owned stations also appeared throughout the 90s. Like there was SCTV that was originally based east side of Java. And then there was TPI, which was uh, which was created by uh, one of Suharto's daughters. Yeah, so uh, these TV stations, they featured many important programs when they began. They include uh, like foreign dramas. Yeah, there are dramas. There were dramas from the U.S. There were also telenovelas, and uh, there were animated series. Yeah, there were animation from the West, yeah. like Disney animation, Warner Brothers animation, like Tiny Toons, Maniacs. There were even some Marvel animated series during that. Time, you know, like Spider-Man, X-Men, and Iron Man, and of course, among them there are all, there were also uh, anime series, yeah. and we also had uh, Tokusatsu 
programs yeah, that yeah, some of the examples I will show later. Yeah, all of these uh, TV programs uh, when they were shown in Indonesia were dubbed with Indonesian language because uh, the Indonesian language is the only uh, official national language in the country. Yeah, so to be able to be broadcasted here, they need to be dubbed into Indonesian. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, the new order government fell in 1998. And after that, even more private TV stations were also created. Let me show you a list of some examples of the anime and tokusatsu shows that we used to have in the 90s and the 2000s. Yeah, and I think I'd like to ask Jay if some of these shows are also shown in the Philippines at some point. Yeah. All right, then. All right, then. Okay, so uh, these were the TV stations that already existed in the 90s. Yeah, some of these shows are shown in the 90s, while some others are shown in the 2000s. Right. Okay, certain series like uh, Dora M1 have yes. become a long time mainstay. Yeah, they, they, it's still airing <laughs> even until now. Mm. Yeah, uh, maybe for the other shows, they have uh, a relatively shorter li lifespan. Yeah, I think I saw Magic Night Ray Earth uh, right there. It's one of the popular clamp series prior to Card Captor yeah. Sakura. And in the Philippines, they actually had the theme yeah. song of it, the, the one song, the first opening song by Naomi Tamara. Someone had it sung in Filipino. Hmm. Imagine that. That was the time. Oh, yeah. They call it the golden age of dubbing yeah. in the Philippines. So, yeah, in Indonesia, was it the same? Uh, did it have the same treatment? Yeah, yeah actually, not just the uh, dialogues of the TV shows, but also. During the 90s, many of these shows had their opening songs in Indonesian. Ah. And yeah, because of that, uh, many of the songs are still remain popular for people who grew up during that time. Yeah. Mm. Like the Dora Emon song, yeah, people young and old can sing the Indonesian version. Yeah, and nice. then uh, the, yeah, the Sailor Moon yeah, Sailor theme Moon. song was also dubbed. And I believe it's also and, on, yeah, on think, our uh, yeah. are, Okay. I think there are still uh, many who remember uh, some parts of the Indonesian version of the song. <laughs> mm. And yeah, also Dragon Ball. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I look at... Yeah, uh, uh, yes, yeah. yeah, sorry. Uh, I look at SCTV. You have Samurai X. We, we, all, we had that aired English, mm. lang, uh, English dub version oh. and the Filipino language version. Uh, yeah. I believe that's the uh, the English uh, language version oh, is the yeah, one dubbed, uh, produced by Sony Sony Pictures Television. Popolokro, uh, I remember it aired yes, in the Philippines as well. Sakura Wars, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe I could ask others, but Makibao Makibao <laughs> actually aired on Channel Five in around like the the thousands. Tokyo Mew Mew, I'm surprised that you had. Successfully aired Tokyo Mew Mew in <laughs> Indonesia, uh, considering the fact that it has fan service. Right, right, right. Yeah. I believe um, it has fan service. They, they, it they was aired in Indonesia, but 
but unfortunately I didn't watch Tokyo Mew Mew while it was airing. <laughs> mm. Maybe uh, some of my colleagues who have actually seen mm. during uh, its broadcast would understand it better. Mm. Yeah, but I knew that it did air in in a terrestrial TV here. Beyblade, Beyblade is all oh. yes, that much that Beyblade. I know. Beyblade. <laughs> That that Beyblade, yeah, that even one right some, there. Even uh, some toy uh, franchises, or yeah, even some toy franchises uh, were also shown here. Mm-hmm. And like this Crash Gear, even until now there is Crash still gear. a fan community of <laughs> of the toy. Like like in the Philippines, <laughs> yeah. we still have even our own Tamiya Tamiya community. They... <laughs> oh, Tamiya, yeah. Yeah, Tamiya, yeah. the Tamiya, Tamiya, Tamiya four wheel drive, right? Right. <laughs> I think, yeah, mm-hmm. I think this. They still have uh, like the circuits in some places. Like I think Manga 2 still had the, yeah, sometimes still had uh, Tamiya events, but uh, I don't know what's the situation now because of the pandemic. Mm. So maybe, yeah, maybe the mall cannot uh, help the event like usual. Mm-hmm. But I need to look more into that. Yeah, okay, so these are the TV stations that already existed in the 90s. As I said before, after the New Order government ended, there were uh, new TV stations appearing in the 2000s. And yeah, they also had anime and tokusatsu, uh, mainly anime, as part of their uh, programming. Yeah. Okay, so uh, these are some shows that were shown in this stations that debuted in the 2000s. Yu Yu Hakusho, Kawaii Bebop, Hunter uh, Hunter, Slam Dunk, Full Metal Panic, <laughs> and then Hikaru no Go. I remember uh, it, it aired on Channel 11 here uh, when, it, when, when it was not yet a news station. Kuro-chan and Crayon Shin-chan aired on uh, time slots close to each other. Fruits Basket, I remember watching that. Uh, Evangelion, they say that it has been aired in the Philippines before. Uh, Ida Ten Jump, I remember that as well. DNA Angel was is good. Right, Aishil 21, Death Note, and then Mar. Naruto, especially. Naruto. Alright, okay, we can we can proceed to yeah, the next. Yeah, especially remembered yes, yes, especially yes. remembered watching Koro-chan, uh, Inku, Trigun, Jubei-chan, And Tobey Sami, yeah, but maybe for some others, they were shown during the time when I was uh, losing interest, mm. so I didn't uh, remember that well about them. Yeah, so uh, these TV stations uh, did not exist in vacuum. Yeah, uh, there were other media that supported them, like uh, we used to have children magazines like Bobo mm. that uh, had articles on. The children TV shows that are shown in these stations. Yeah. So next, uh, I'm going to show some examples of uh, past Bobo articles to see, like, uh, what kind of shows they used to feature in their magazines. Yeah, I, I happen to still have uh, some of the old Bobo magazines from the mm. '90s and early 2000s. Yeah, so okay. uh, this was from March 1995 edition. I oh. think uh, most mostly here are uh, Western TV dramas. Yeah, but we have Power Rangers here. 
Nice. Yeah. So uh, during the 90s, uh, Power Rangers was, I think it was more known than Sentai. Yeah. But uh, these days, I think uh, people know well enough about Sentai as well. Yeah. Then like uh, yeah, we had Kamen Rider. We used to call them Satria Beja Hitam <laughs> because they had black armor. This was about the last episode. And then, yeah, we used to have Astro Boy as well. And here, uh, he, even had, he even got the machine gun butt. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Since it was aired on SGTV. Mm. Yeah, and other than TV shows, uh, we also used to have the official merchandise. <laughs> so, Bobo was published by the Compass Gramedia Group, which was the, yeah, the big media conglomerate here. Mm. And it seems yeah, some of these products, merchandise, were also distributed by yeah, one of their companies. Mm. Yeah, like we have this. I used to have this mask actually. That's <laughs> that's that's for, face, uh, uh, I, If I if I read it products, correctly, you know? <laughs> when they say gratis, it's free. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bonus for uh, toddler milk. <laughs> I was I was about three years old during this time. So, mm. yeah, like my mother used to buy me this milk, and I got the mask. So, ah. that's the bonus. Nice. And this one is okay. Indosia. And this one from '96. Yeah. Okay. So as you can see, we also had Western animation like Darkwing Duck, mm. along with yeah, anime series like Dragon Ball, Sailor Moon, and. Uh, yeah, we had Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Ah, 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 ah. okay. Uh, Superhuman. Yeah, we actually the, had yes, it before, yes, Gridman. before Gridman. This is before Gridman, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, this was the US adaptation of Gridman, mm. but the US version was shown here before Gridman. The Gridman came later. Oh. That's an interesting part. Okay, and then, yeah, we had this is Magic Knight, Ray Earth. Side by side with Spider-Man. And it's funny that uh, RCTI used to show metal there. And then after it finished, it showed, it showed VR Troopers. VR Troopers, yes. Which, as you know, it, it, used, the, it used the metal there suit. Ah, yes, Along yes. with the, uh, I think it was the Spielband suit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they aired the Japanese original and then the... Saban version, was it? The Saban, yes. The Saban version. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then, uh, this was around 2000 and 2001. Yeah, we began to have Digimon and Pokemon as well. Yeah, and around 2003, yeah, they had article about Tamiya circuits. Like the variants. Then here, there's... There's the, the football series, Shoot. But uh, for football anime, the one that's most remembered uh, by local fans was Captain Subasa. Ah, yes, Captain Subasa. Yeah, but they didn't have the magazine that uh, talked about them, unfortunately. Mm. Okay, uh, yeah, there were some ads, including for the comics Me- Medabots. The snack had uh, Medabot 
Letterbots. Bonus with them. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like to watch that series during early 2000s. And then I uh, yeah, was the most new that I had. Yeah, they uh, reported about Animax. Yeah, but and, and you had Kim Possible on the... Disney Channel. Um, yeah, I remember watching Kim Possible <laughs> when we had Cable at that time. And Jimmy Neutron. All right. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I think you can see that uh, historically, uh, anime did not come to Indonesia on their own. Mm. Yeah, it was part of the general trend of showing foreign uh, TV shows during that time. And yeah, and uh, there are other medias like magazines that uh, support by uh, providing information about these shows. Okay, so uh, we have been talking about the anime side. Yeah, now I'd, I'd like to uh, talk about the manga side. Yeah, and just like the just like anime, uh, the important moment also comes, also came in the 90s. Yeah. There were people who said that uh, manga actually already entered Indonesia before the 90s, but uh, I still didn't know much yet about those early manga. Yeah, but in the 90s, uh, the important development was there was a big publisher that uh, became the dominant the dominant licensor of manga in Indonesia. So we had uh, Alex Media Computindo. Yeah, uh, this company was also part of the Compass Gira Media Group that I mentioned earlier. They were originally a publisher of IT books, yeah, just like the name suggests. The computer was a new thing in the 80s, so they published book about computers. In the late 80s, uh, one of Compass Gramedia's founder became interested in manga. And uh, yeah, he offered Alex Media to publish the manga because uh, Gramedia's comic publishing unit was already busy publishing European comics at the time. Yeah, they had European comics and also Hong Kong comics, I think. So it was offered to Alex Media and yeah, they took the offer. And in, I think it was in 1989 that uh, they published Candy Candy. That was the first manga they published. So they began actually with a shoujo manga. Yeah, following that, uh, they also published they published more manga. Yeah, uh, they actually published Akira quite early. And then uh, Doraemon became one of their most important titles. And uh, they had, uh, in Indonesia, the manga was published as Kung Fu Boy. The original title was Takeng Chingmi. Uh, it's still one of the more popular titles that Alex Media published even until today. 
Then uh, they also had Dragon Ball, Detective Conan, and yeah, many others after that. Now the important point is uh, because they began to grow as a manga publisher in the 90s, yeah, there are a number of their popular manga that also had the anime shown on TV, yeah, like Doraemon, Dragon Ball, Sailor Moon, Detective Conan. Yeah, these books also had the anime on TV. So it's likely that uh, the manga and the anime, even if the publisher and the TV stations do not did not always uh, cooperate with each other, but the existence of both, I think, uh, promoted each other. And then uh, it's not just uh, LX Media actually. Yeah, other other publishing units of Compass Gira Media also published, also has been publishing manga, especially uh, one of their units called MNC. Yeah. I think it was originally short for magazine and comics. Yeah, so they also had uh, manga. They also has manga as well. Yeah, one of the interesting things about uh, these uh, companies, yeah, uh, they actually sister companies, but they can be quite often uh, compete to get licenses for the manga. <laughs> and somehow, uh, MNC has gained a reputation for publishing shoujo manga, while Alex may be more known for publishing shonen manga. Uh, but of course, it's not always like that. Alex actually began by publishing shoujo manga, and they still have shoujo manga to these days. While on the other hand, MNC also has shonen manga. Yeah, like uh, some of the more popular titles of recent times are Haikyuu and uh, My Hero Academia. Yeah, both of those series were published uh, are published by MNC. Okay, uh, so now let's get into more details about how uh, they have been publishing uh, manga in Indonesia. So uh, for a long time, the comic books had been printed on cheap paper. That way, uh, they can keep the cost of the books uh, very low. I think for a long time, uh, we can say that the books uh, cost uh, less than uh, $2 each, usually. And then, uh, yeah, during the 90s, Alex particularly uh, changed the books into using Western binding. So the books can be read from left to right, unlike the Japanese original, which was read from, which are read from uh, right to left. Yeah, uh, the concern was because uh, most books published in Indonesia are read from left to right. Yeah, maybe it might it could be confusing to readers if they uh, release books that are read from right to left. Okay, and then uh, they used to have uh, standardized covers, especially for uh, LX 
publications. I will show you some of the examples later. And yeah, sometimes they featured uh, some localized contents. Yeah. Uh, like one of the uh, popular, one of the more well-known case of localization was a story in Doraemon uh, where Nobita used uh, Doraemon's gadget to practice running long distance. And uh, in Indonesian, it was localized into running to Surabaya. As you know, it's one of the major cities in the on the east side of Java Island. So uh, I don't know. I think the original one was running to Okinawa, perhaps. But yeah, they changed it into Surabaya. Surabaya. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that was in the past. Yeah, that was in the past. Uh, they did that kind of localization uh, less uh, these days because uh, yeah, more people are already aware that these are uh, Japanese comics yeah. and with the internet yeah, people can learn more about Japan and their culture by uh, just looking <laughs> looking them by themselves yeah so over time uh, some things have changed uh, one of the important changes was when Alex uh, published some, the manga of Samurai X. Uh, this was the first uh, series that they published with the original Japanese binding. So they they were they were read uh, right, they were read right to left. Yeah, the reason was because of some uh, requirements from the author. Yeah, there were some skepticism at the time whether people would accept to read something from right to left uh, but turn out the manga was quite successful this the sales was quite successful here so uh, since that time alex has been publishing new mangas uh, using the original japanese bindings only some long-running series like uh, Detective Conan that still use the Western binding to maintain consistency. Okay, and then uh, Alex has stopped using standardized covers. Yeah. Nowadays, they have more varied covers, more similar to the original versions. And over time, uh, Alex and MNC has introduced uh, labels for mature rated comics yeah, yeah so it was uh, alex who first uh, started creating the label it was called level comics so uh what they mean by uh, mature is uh, actually more because yeah, the considerations include the violent content or uh, yeah, because the storyline is considered uh, too complicated to be understood by children. Mm. Okay, so yeah, so it's less about uh, having sexual contents, but more about uh, yeah, the stories are more uh, serious and complicated. And the MNC has recently uh, followed suit by uh, making their own label Akasha. Uh, prior to that, for mature rated comics, they just uh, use the they just slap an age rating on the cover yeah like 
17 plus kind of like that mm. but now both of them has their own specific labels for this uh, mature comics okay and then uh, this is also another uh, important development that has been going on recently yeah uh, they have been making uh, book paper they have been using uh, book paper more commonly now so uh, this paper is more higher quality than uh, what they usually used yeah, the cost is higher but uh, yeah but the demand for using this paper is also growing yeah. so it seems uh, the readers uh, have uh, have been now has been uh, ready to accept a more expensive manga yeah in the past uh, the consumers usually are very uh, sensitive about uh, price changes even using the cheap paper the price has uh, increased uh, Uh, many times like uh, yeah one of the older comics that i have uh, was priced at uh, 6000 rupiah these days uh, comic books that printed on this kind of paper cost about maybe 28000 rupiah or 30000 while uh, for books printed on book paper they can cost at least uh, 40,000 rupiah but still in general uh, manga are cheap in Indonesia yeah, even with the book paper uh, overall the price as are still uh, less than five dollars or for a single volume so uh yeah manga are still more or less uh, affordable form of entertainment yes so i'm going to show you some examples of uh, the changes that has occurred a comparison for the manga that use western binding and this is detective conan and one of the earlier volumes it's read from It's read from left to right, just like uh, yeah, just like many other books that uh, printed with uh, Latin letters. Yeah, well, this one is Kekaishi from around 2010s, already using the Japanese binding. Yeah, you read them from right to left, and then uh, for yeah, changes about the cover. Yeah, they used to uh, make the cover more standardized like this. They have the blue band on top with the publisher's name, and then the title. The artwork is mostly in a box, in the lower part. And uh, the author's name was not uh, written on the front cover. They're, uh, they're written on the spine and also on the copyright pages. Yeah, but uh, they stopped doing this around the 2000s. Yeah, now the covers are more varied. They resemble the original covers more. Of course, uh, we have the author's names. This time also on the front cover. Okay, and uh, these books also contain advertisement for other books. <laughs> 
Okay, these are some of the older advertisements from 1996. Yeah, so we can also see some other uh, titles that they used to publish. Yeah, this uh, Boy Action 2 was actually, uh, but they changed the name because it has the same artist with another manga that Alex used to publish. And then uh, yeah, also around the 2000s, uh, Alex used to pub used to publish uh, localized versions of Japanese manga magazines. Yeah, this one is an ad for Shonen Mags, which contain uh, manga from Kodansha's Shonen Magazine, Shonen Magazine family especially. And uh, they also used to have uh, Shonen Star, which carried uh, comics from Shogaku Kang's Shonen Sunday family. Mm. And yeah, there were also local versions of Nakayoshi and Hakusensha's uh, Hanayume and Lala. Yeah, so I think there were two Shonen magazines and two Shoujo magazines. Yeah, but all of the magazines have been dis discontinued now because uh, yeah, consumers still prefer to buy the collected volumes, Tangkobongs. Yeah, so uh, here are the titles that are popular in Indonesia. Like Doraemon is of course very well known. Uh, Detective Conan is still one of Alex's longest running titles. And it's still one of their best sellers. And we have uh, Kung Fu Boy or Takeng Ching Mi that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, Naruto and its successor series, Boruto, they were also best sellers. And One Piece, although coming later than some of the other titles, are also quite popular. Uh, while from MNC, uh, one of their best-selling title was, uh, sorry, one of their best-selling title is Hai Miko or Kochimuite Miko. So these two series are interesting because they are more popular in Indonesia than in their own home country. Mm -mm. The original title is uh, Takeng Ching Mi. Mm. Well, this one is uh, Kochi Muite Miko. Yeah. All right. Also, some other titles that are yeah, that sells uh, quite well recently include like uh, Attack on Titan, One Punch Man, My Hero Academia, and uh, yeah, for MNC also. Like Haikyuu and Tokyo Ghoul are some of the better performing titles. And here you can also see some photos that I have taken from uh, bookshops during the time when I still like going there. I haven't been going to a bookshop for at least a year, I think, because of the pandemic. So currently, I'm buying comic books uh, through online shops. Yeah, but uh, usually for new releases, they uh, put, they just pile together the book like like this, when when they just uh, when they just entered the, their stock. 
and yeah, popular titles like One Piece usually uh, have their own shelves filled with the same books. <clears throat> and here uh, we have some examples of titles that are published in the Level Comics label. Yeah, like we have uh, this one is Hajime no Ippo, if I'm not mistaken. There's Karakuri Circus, Kagisanke no Bento. Yeah, uh, for Level Comics, uh, one of their legendary title was uh, 20th Century Boys. Yeah, they uh, published all of them. And yeah, these are the more uh, recent editions of Doraemon. They're still in print and already using a new style of covers. Yeah, uh, so those are more or less the history that has been uh, going on for anime and manga through the official channels in, in the 90s and in the 2000s. Yeah, uh, throughout the 2000s, uh, the access to anime especially has been more diversified. There are more ways to watch anime, not just from uh, terrestrial TV, especially since uh, they have less uh, anime. They gradually have less anime. I think because uh, the TV stations have more resources now, they can produce more uh, local contents on their own. And also there is a regulation that uh, give quota on how much foreign contents are allowed to be shown by uh, domestic TV channels. Okay, so these are some different means of access that I have identified. Okay, first, uh, there were home video. The Betamax tapes of the 80s uh, have uh, fallen out of use in the 90s mostly. So uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s, uh, it's more common to find uh, anime on VCDs. There were official legal VCDs, but there were also pirated VCDs. And after DVDs become, became uh, the norm, yeah, DVDs are more commonly used. But for DVDs, I think the market is mainly for pirated uh, versions. Yeah. yeah, there are many vendors selling pirated DVDs in shopping malls, on street sides, near train stations. They had pirated DVDs of Hollywood movies, anime, and yeah, many other foreign uh, media. And then uh, there were, of course, uh, also subscription uh, TV. Like uh, Animax is one of the older ones. I told you I uh, got back to anime through watching Animax. And the yeah, Aniplus, I think it came later. Yeah, uh, but yeah, throughout the 2000s and uh, 2010s, one of the more dominant uh, means of access was through piracy. Yeah. Yeah, for internet piracy, uh, uh, during the 2000s, uh, the internet connection was still not that good enough for streaming. 
Yes, so maybe uh, people prefer more to download or to torrent the files so that they can watch the shows offline. Yeah, but uh, streaming all yeah, illegal streaming already began in the 2000s and YouTube was actually one of the platforms used for that but uh, uh, during uh, that time uh, YouTube was still having a limit on the length of the video so the uh, pirated anime on YouTube in the 2000s were usually broken into several parts like one episode could be broken into three parts yeah, sometimes uh, it could be yeah, disheartening <laughs> to look for uh, to look for anime on YouTube at the time uh, to find that uh, not all the episodes are still complete maybe some parts are missing okay and yeah in indonesia itself uh and subs also grow also grew yeah, they uh sub the anime into indonesian language so uh, i didn't uh, participate that much in the fan sub culture so yeah uh, i couldn't explain that much about this yeah, uh, maybe some other stuff in Kaori uh, no, you know better about uh, the history for fansubs. Yeah, but uh, they did exist and there were quite many who prefer to use the Indonesian fansubs. Yeah, maybe because the language is more familiar. Okay, and then uh, as I have said before, because internet service was yeah, very bad <laughs> was still very bad in the 2000s it's uh, very challenging to get uh, anime on your own yeah? so to get more anime uh, yeah, people usually share files with their friends or yeah, internet cafes yeah, where you can uh, rent a computer to use the internet also became, became uh, an important source of pirated contents. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, there's even uh, like a moniker for uh, the generation of anime fans who uh, got into anime by uh, getting their contents through Netcafe, like uh, Generasi Warnet, <laughs> kind of like that. Okay, and because of these factors, uh, my college roughly has argued that yeah, this piracy has contributed to the formation of anime fan communities. Because yeah, to get more anime, you need to be in contact with other people. And through that contact, yeah, communities uh, grew out of that. Yeah, that's what uh, roughly argued more or less okay, and then uh, another means that came a bit more later was uh, showing anime films through the cinema uh, one of the important factors that allow more anime films to be shown in cinema 
has been uh, the introduction of new cinema chains. In the past, uh, Cinema 21 kind of uh, monopolized the cinema network, but now there are more competitors like Blitz Megaplex, which now became CGV, and also Cinemax, which has changed into Cinepolis. Yeah, uh, these chains gave more spaces for Asian films and, of course, including Japanese films. And outside of regular screenings on the cinema, we've also had uh, various film festivals that show Japanese films. In 2013, there was a one-time event called J-Impact. It seems that they were trying to test the waters for showing uh, Japanese films at the time. But since 2015, we regularly have uh, JFF, yeah, the Japanese Film Festival, that is organized by Japan Foundation. Yeah, sometimes uh, anime in, are included in their film lineup. Yeah. And it's good to have these film festivals because uh, they often shows uh, films that maybe are more commercially risky if shown for regular screening. And uh, there are also some other forms of non-commercial screenings, like uh, Japan Foundation sometimes held uh, their own uh, small-scale screenings, maybe for films of Makoto Shinkai, or yeah, there were also some live action films that they screened recently. Yeah, and then uh, after a history of piracy, yeah, lately we have we are having more options for legal streaming. Like of course we have uh, Netflix. There are also uh, some lesser known services like Sushiroll or True ID, which is uh, showing some old shows like a Digimon or Magical Doremi. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, and yeah, there was Ponymu uh, who tried uh, to provide Indonesian language streaming service for a while. So uh, yeah, their streaming platform has been discontinued. I think uh, they are more active in licensing currently. Yeah, and what's uh, getting more attention in the past uh, in the past year, especially, has been news and anyone who streams their shows on YouTube. So it's uh, kind of amusing for me personally to uh, to return to YouTube to watch anime. After in the late two thousands, I've been watching anime illegally on YouTube. That were broken into three parts per three episode. Three parts, so, uh, three yeah. parts, for example, <laughs> part one, three, part two, three, and then those are yeah. like 15 minutes or seven. Yeah, they're usually about seven or eight minutes per part. <laughs> okay, but now we we can watch anime in YouTube and it's legal. It's not, it's not illegal like in the past. Yes, yes. So it's kind of amusing to uh, get back to that. Okay, other than these uh, new 
means of access. Of course, the legacy means also still exists. Yeah, we still have an anime shown on domestic TV station like Doraemon or Naruto. They have yeah, they had uh, long-lasting uh, popularity. But uh, the channel that has been gaining attention recently has been RTV. And they started airing around 2014. Yeah, among uh, fans of Japanese culture, yeah, they became known for showing uh, tokusatsu shows like Arius Ultraman. Uh, they've also been getting into Kamen Rider and Sentai. And they also show some children anime like... Uh, yeah, they've been showing Beyblade. But the more recent version, so we got Beyblade again. And I believe uh, of course, RTV. More surprising. Yeah, uh, I was I was supposed to talk yeah. about RTV airing anime yell. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, one of their more uh, surprising recent uh, addition. Yeah, they, yes. Yeah, they've been showing anime yell uh, since uh, late January, yeah. and also uh, some older shows have also. Yeah, maybe not necessarily old, but they're related to old franchises. Uh, Detective Conan uh, has been returning to Indonesian TV. It was shown on net. Also, uh, there has been other stations like RCTI who has been showing like uh, Dragon Ball Super or the David production version of Captain Tsubasa. Yeah, so, uh, they bringing and back a uh, new versions of uh, old anime titles that the 90s generation were familiar with. And speaking of Detective Conan, uh, during the time while it was not airing on TV, the movies were regularly shown on cinemas, especially after uh, 2014, I think. Yeah, so every year, the Detective Conan movies have been shown in local cinemas. And uh, usually the fan club of Detective Conan mm. held, uh, yeah, held gathering to watch the movies together with their members. Yeah, the gathering has been held in uh, many cities, including in, in Greater Jakarta, of course. Yeah, but uh, they have also been held in other uh, major cities in Indonesia. Yeah, so uh, yeah, here are just some examples of the VCDs that used to be uh, released in Indonesia. Yeah, these are all uh, official; uh, they're legal. Yeah, uh, yeah, each disc maybe only contain like two or three episodes, so uh, it's. It's quite difficult to get the complete uh, show this way. Okay, so uh, I think uh, that's all that I can give for the historical background. All right, so that is uh, Halimun Muhammad's presentation. And on this moment, I will now turn the floor over to Luffy, who is uh, with us right now. So yeah, going back to the question. Uh, Contemporary context. What? Um, yes. So since Hal uh, discussed in brief the moments of uh, Japanese culture in Indonesia, okay, let's let's proceed with the current timeline right now. So, what do you think are the significant developments 
for Japanese pop culture in Indonesia? It's been a lot. I think it's been a lot. It's it's like uh, for for first maybe thank you for uh, Halim for the presentation. It gives me a lot of maybe like ah a moment like like when uh, like like I don't I didn't know that uh, Gram, Petli Gramedia uh, the the one of the subsidiary of Kompas Gramedia has a license on on every Dragon Ball franchise in Indonesia for printed. Uh, edition. I, I I just know because I check on the Bobo magazines and oh okay, uh, the li- the Gramedia have hold so many licenses not only the uh, comic but the all of the printed edition of anything that Dragon Ball that Dragon Balls on it. That's interesting. So um, in current timeline, uh, there's so many many exciting exciting and 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 I think like when when I first time uh. Go into the Japanese pop culture things like uh, going to the event, going to the offline event, um, uh, going to the Japanese pop culture event. Like uh, we have a one a big one called Enichi Sai in here, mm-hmm. and like Komifuro, Comic Comic Frontier is one of the biggest uh, name uh, hold here. And Anime Festival Asia, especially AFA in 2013, is like a biggest. And also Miku Expo too is like the one of the biggest. Uh, major chains it's like uh, maybe like a cultural zeitgeist i think in indonesian japanese pop culture community and it shaped very very and thanks to the internet uh, the culture the japanese pop culture in indonesia is very very fast right now it's very very uh, diverse right now and people only just enjoy the tv things such as detective conan or maybe or maybe naruto in the past but thanks to the internet and thanks to the speed of the internet too we can uh, we we can choose all of the title title that we want, but back in that time, and maybe like in 2010 and maybe 2011, we can only choose um, title that popular on forum, just like K on or ah. maybe Haruhi. Yes. 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 Uh, and uh, maybe like some of Lucky Star and and but 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 it it's only it's only uh, because it it famous on forum, so. Uh, it can be uh, so it can be watched and right now and right now you can all the, uh, you can you can freely choose all the title that you want like thanks to the netflix and maybe like su- such as there is much uh, over the over the top ott platform in indonesia that streaming streaming service even youtube itself thanks to muse indonesia uh, offered the free anime and iki to like like man there's so many I can I can I can watch a seasonal anime twenty or twenty of them, all of them, and it's it didn't possible in two thousand and ten, and there and that's the animal animal side though, and the manga side and the manga side, it's very very wow. Thanks to the pandemic too, all of the people uh, all of the digital content is like raking up right now, like like uh, recently recently one of the. Uh, Manga, one of the application uh, uh, built by Shueisha, the maker of Shonen Jump and everything that uh, that your favorite comic uh, will do, the publisher of it. Uh, recently, co- uh, recently uh, make manga plus uh, the free manga reading by Shueisha, Indonesia edition. Oh. Yes. And we already have um, titles in Indonesia. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Can you can discuss more uh, about the titles that are available on Mango Plus in Indonesia? Yes. Uh, there's a Black Lover, One Piece, uh, Kaiju ha- uh, Number Eight, or Kaiju Haji, 
and uh, Spy X Family. Oh, It's Spy Family! Oh, why? Yes, it's in Indonesia too. And and the, the, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, um, is the is is this is uh maybe like maybe like maybe 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 people think like they they really simultaneously uh they they really simultaneously uh on behalf of uh the publisher in Indonesia, but actually, but actually. Shuisha uh, komish of one of the translator group in Indonesia, and it and they and they give a mandate uh, to translate it. So maybe people like, oh, this is like a publisher, a publisher, a publisher content. No, it's 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 very own Shuisha content, not Indonesian publisher content. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 maybe like it's direct from Japan, like literally direct from Japan, without without single handedly the help of publisher in Indonesia. So that's that's uh, interesting um, yes. on the manga side. Um, okay, I, I I would like to also uh, s- snuck, uh, stick this in uh, about idols, hmm. idols. So um, from your record, from your account, uh, Luffy, when did this idol craze start? So we uh, we're very familiar with the, the AKB48 system. We have our own MNL48. You have your own JKT. Uh, we call it MNL. You call it JKT. Yes, but the, the idol culture is, is is very very hot. But in 2012 and and 2000 and maybe like 2017, uh, it's it's very hot in, in Indonesia. But right now it's like a very declining state right now because mm-hmm. of this COVID 19 too. And maybe all, maybe like 50% of the JKT 48 member have now graduated. Oh. Yes, because because of the you know operational cost and maybe and yeah they added things like that and, and they they don't even hold auditions so far. Yes, no, no, no audition because you no know audition, uh, no election. Oh. Yes, yes, only just graduation do because you know it's very hard time to uh, theater. So still open up because you know the charging fee of the venue is very very high, and yeah, basically it's just uh, not good situation for JKT48 right now. But in the past, like maybe uh, eight years, nine years ago, perhaps it's 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 very very big time for them because they got supported a lot for in conventional media in Indonesia, especially television. They got a star on their own uh, own. A soap opera, maybe ah, they'll call Sinetron in here, Sinetron, maybe like in drama. Right. Uh-huh. Yes, in drama here, and they they've got a lot of coverage. But you know, um, they right now only uh, has a famous on social media platform right now, mm-hmm. like just like an Instagram influencer or uh, Twitter influencer right now. Not 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 so much appearing of TV anymore. Uh, Idol crazy is like boom, but you know maybe like. People like changing to the virtual idol right now, like mm-hmm. whole life. They ah, call yes, themselves yes. an idol <laughs> YouTuber, but not really. <laughs> yeah, people, 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 people get into the virtual, into that. But most of the virtual idol lovers is maybe like an animal lovers before, <laughs> while the idol lovers is basically just like a a, a, bo- a boy or maybe a man who loves a woman, and that's it. Enormous can answer idol uh, fandom, but only. An anime otaku can answer a virtual idol uh, fandom. Oh, so that's how it looks like in Indonesia. It seems so. Okay, because we've um, I've 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 also seen some posts on Instagram while uh, also searching. Uh, by the way, I got introduced to the Indonesia 
the Japanese pop culture in Indonesia to one of uh, uh, his name is yeah oh, okay yeah so it, it was to his blog I I should have remembered the name at this moment Charlie Aho Taco 39 yeah that's it Aho Taco 39 that introduced me to the culture in Indonesia where it said that cause in cosplay you do you should not have the same costume you should not meet together or else it's taboo and I, I've also seen like uh, cover groups of Aqua or uh, JKT AKB so yeah I, uh, so I get a glimpse that again as much as parallel as we are in the Philippines um this is why I consider the Philippines and Indonesia are close neighbors. Regardless of the fate, we have a good following of Japanese pop culture. Even if the Philippines has is uh, flooded with all the K-pop and the army and that, it's fine. But at one time, at one time, um, Sweet Soul Review was one of the popular songs here. And it's still being played here on radio for uh, some time. And the how should I describe it? That we had our own edition of like VR troopers. If US has VR troopers and then mm-hmm. Indonesia has Vimasatria Garuda, we have yeah. Zaido. <laughs> of course, we do, of course we the Filipinos are not forgiving when it comes to the adaptations. As much as the people as, as much as Japanese pop culture fans were not forgiving with the adaptation of Dragon Ball Evolution. Yes. So, <laughs> So yeah, but but I believe Bimasatria Garuda, which is uh, an original in Indonesia, produced by Japanese producers, was was so popular it had a second season. And the fact that our brands have been into Indonesia, like Rappler, Itbulaga, um, yes, yeah, Rappler, Itbulaga. So that's why that's why it opened my mind to the fact that maybe maybe one day I can go visit Indonesia but then the pandemic happened which is yeah. quite sad <laughs> so yeah, so, yeah. Um, so with that said I'll put forward this question what have you observed so far in the community today so Luffy you this you talk about virtual youtubers the whole life was the Mahapancha Sandy Indonesia so um hal what is your perspective on the community today? Aside from the ones you mentioned earlier. About the community? Yeah, about the community. Uh, how, is, how is it uh, uh, surviving in this pandemic, perhaps? For the general trend, uh, think of from what I have observed in uh, the 2010s, um, mainly, is that uh, the community has been uh, growing to become a more uh, segmented. So like, uh, they're more focused on specific franchises that uh, they like. They gather together with fans of the same franchises. Like, maybe uh, you can get the Idol Master ah, Idol fan Master. clubs, or <laughs> yeah, the Love Life fan clubs, mm-hmm. you know, like that. While for surviving in the pandemic, uh, in the past uh, in the past year we have seen some attempts to create uh, online events. 
like uh, one of the more uh, attention grabbing uh, uh, situation was uh, when uh, there was a Facebook group where the the members role play as if they they were visiting an actual uh, offline yes. event. Ah uh, yes, yes. <laughs> It really brings back yeah, memories. So, uh, So uh, yeah, there have been uh, various efforts to try to hold uh, online version of events to reproduce the experience through various online channels, yeah, maybe on Facebook or through Discord. Like uh, yeah, there have been some uh, Kaori staff who have been uh, uh, observing some uh, yeah, kind of like online. Uh, Dojin event on uh, Discord. Mm. Yeah, so that's uh, what I've been observing uh, so far. Okay, so um, like the uh, like in the other countries, you you are transitioning to online events. So Kari is still busy covering this stuff. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, my first, actually my first Indonesian event was Creator Super Stream, the the second one. Okay. Yeah, so oh, the, the second one. So it, it rings a bell. It rings a bell, right, right, right. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's it's the first time perhaps that I've seen uh, Niji Sanji ID and Hololive ID and then Mahapancha. I mm. hope I I pronounce that right because Zen yes. Gunawan is right. going to guess Mahapancha. Zen Gunawan is going to guess for Domo Arega thanks <laughs> uh, uh, a day after this recording. But yeah, moving moving forward to that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, the Indonesian pop culture more, uh, as far as I see it, it's it now discuss more things uh, related to VTubers. Yes. So, really interesting times, and you know, it's I'm at I'm at a loss of words with how great uh, select Indonesian VTubers are. I can name two: Risu and Hana Makia. Mm-hmm. Risu and Hanamakia, you know, these these uh, two virtual YouTubers, setting aside the others, they really define to me what VTubers in Indonesia are. Which is great, which is wonderful. So, I guess before we proceed to more VTuber talks, I would like to first thank you both for joining us here. But uh, I... I I'm not sure if I'm going to ask this question because again I said earlier there are many media entities in Indonesia. We have Kau, uh, Nawalakarsa, Kauri Nusantara, we have Japanese Station, we have just just how many of you and how um and Risa Media, yeah. So yes. So in that sense, how do you meet when before this pandemic? How do you even meet each other? How do you mingle with each other? You have, there are so many. <laughs> How is it? So uh, let's let's take it from the position of uh, uh, you, Hal. So do do you meet your colleagues in the other media entities in Indonesia? Um, for the yeah, Japanese culture media. Uh, yeah, there is actually kind of kind of like a, yeah, kind of like a group uh, the where. Uh, representatives from each of the media to yeah, to communicate in there, but uh, not 
and not all of the staff of our media uh, joined in that uh, group. Yeah, there's a representative who yeah, who would relay uh, the information and maybe from there. Oh, yeah. uh, other than that, uh, yeah, sometimes we did meet uh, the staff from other media during events like uh, Comic Frontier or AFA. Yeah, so uh, those are the places where uh, we yeah, kind of can, can meet. Mm. And these events, I really miss going to these events because if you have the same experience <laughs> as I had, then it's... it's Really, really, right? Really, really. Like, I really miss going to these really, events. Really, really, really. Mingle with colleagues, fans, people from other media. You, you see, uh, there's not that much activity in the Philippines when it comes to online events. Really. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yes, I miss do that one too because, you know, um, and even especially Japanese pop culture, even in Indonesia, is kind of like melting pot in Indonesia where where you can meet all of your uh, colleges and all of your maybe like uh, Japanese uh, anime fans, anime fans, anime fans. But uh, recently, uh, when I go to the last Komifuro, Comic Frontier, it's like a 2020, February 2020. Uh, it's, like, it's like exact last year before the shitstorm happened. <laughs> and and, and, and the, the, the interesting thing is, is this event, this Japanese uh, pop culture event, it's not only uh, to meet uh, one of your colleges of, or on one of your friends who loves anime on internet, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. No. Uh, the normies people start swarming this event too. The funny thing is, because, you know, like Comic Frontier is here, a Comic Komifuro is like maybe like 10,000 people in two days. Mm-hmm. And, and and it didn't get advertising a lot. It didn't get promoted a lot on maybe many major news channel. And people like kinda kinda it's 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 like on when viral on internet, on social media especially. And it's kinda like a melting pot. Uh, I remember that I've got uh, my friends who are working in music label in Indonesia. Uh, I met him and I asked, Why wow, why you got to why you get uh why you come to the Komifuro? Oh, I'm just uh, accompanying my wife to sell uh, to sell the, to sell her design on this Comic Frontier. How is how the sales good? Yes, it's good. Comic Frontier is very very good for uh, this for selling your design, selling your aesthetic and anime design. And my wife loves that. Why I, I can like wow, enormous like him enjoy Comic Frontier. This is must be something right in Indonesia. Yeah, that <laughs> family factor. Yeah, that family factor I think play an important role. Uh, like. Uh, I think uh, the visitors uh, quite largely driven by young uh, fans, teenagers, and especially when we talk about teenagers, uh, they usually come to the. Yeah, they they maybe uh, need to come to such an event with the accompaniment of their parents. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I teach uh, I teach in an English course, and yeah. One day while I was uh, teaching the student for a writing a lesson, yeah, one of the students uh, who is still a teenager actually wrote about Komifura for Ooh. the assignment. Oh. And how young yeah, so, was? How young? Yeah, how young? Yeah, wow, okay. 
Mm, I think it's in uh, junior high school. Ah, uh, junior high school. Right. I think I think the common yeah, audience. Uh, I think the common audience for the anime community uh, starts at the time when they enter high school or not as far as elementary grade six. Starting from that and then high school. Was is it the same in your area? Is it the same in yours? Hmm. Uh, when I was uh, maybe like a, like 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 in my area is like maybe if you say six 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 is like six years old. No, no, yes, it's maybe like six six six. Maybe like on maybe like you know six years old. I I, I just remember on 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 NHSI, uh last year. I of course play as uh, Izuku Midoriya as uh, Boku no Hero Academia. Yeah. Uh, I of course play as Deku. And five-year-old kid knows their character. Like, wow. Because, you know, my Hero Academia... At that, 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 that time, uh, Hero Academia didn't get uh, didn't didn't show on the TV, right? Uh, before 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 it showed on uh, national TV. And and the five-year-old kids know about it. So, <laughs> wow. Yes. Maybe, maybe, maybe Halimun side, maybe like... Since he teacher, uh, maybe like he observed the student, maybe. <laughs> yeah, of course. I've seen uh, I've seen students with uh, anime stickers on their phones. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like like my academy stickers, or uh, even now when we uh, we need to teach online. Of course, I've had students who use anime picture for their profile pictures like uh, there were those who use uh, pictures from Bungo Stray Dogs, uh, Hanako-kun uh, yeah, at one time I've even uh, I've even seen one student in my class who brought a paper okay. with uh, with the runes from the Madoka Magica series Whoa. <laughs> I don't know if I'm uh, learning how to write that. Wow, that is something. That is something. If well, well, but, I, uh, I've never, I've never had that experience. I've never seen anyone but, write in runes. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but to, no, uh, to hear that from you, that's that's not, really the big impact of anime. Uh, it's it's more of a printout actually. Mm. But I don't know why he bring that thing out to the class. Yeah, but uh, I just I just need to tell you that uh, I teach mainly in the junior high and high school level, so I don't uh, know that much about the elementary school level. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Right. But it's quite something, you know. It's like junior high school, and he uh, swallowing Madoka Magica. Oh my god! <laughs> I bet, I bet, I bet. In the near future, he he's gonna slice of life anime, right? Yeah, like like. <laughs> Like maybe a simple thing because you know in junior high school, oh my god, I've I've consumed too much uh, edgy anime. Ah yes, yes. So if you've consumed you've consumed so much edge, you'd rather <laughs> want to have slice of life. I think I no, I in my on my end, I'd still prefer slice of life over everything. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on Redo of Healer though. That's one big monster right there. That's that that made that made Shield Hero look like a joke. But yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 basically it's basically um how do they call it? It's haram. It's not allowed. 
Something like that. <laughs> that's, 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 that's forbidden material. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you want if you want halal, you can watch Tony Kagokawa. Eh? Yes, I, I think that is also halal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's, yeah, halal. Arab, that's halal. <laughs> the Arab, the Arab, the Arab fans call it halal love story <laughs> because because they begin with marriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Marriage, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so can yeah. I ask some okay. questions, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you can so, you can ask me uh, questions, Jay. Yeah. Uh, as I have explained, uh, in Indonesia we got uh, TV stations quite late, but uh, from what I have read, uh, the Philippines actually already have various TV stations much earlier than Indonesia. So, uh, how do you think that uh, might affect uh, the? way uh, anime was introduced to the country. I think the turning point of anime in the Philippines was in the 70s when GMA Network had aired Voltus 5 here. And since yeah. I mentioned that it it went political simply because um, the story of Voltus 5 is about rebellion or liberation and all that and how these things work. At the time, it's 1970s, martial law in the Philippines. So the story goes yes. like this: uh, when your uh, when your media is uh, controlled and your Voltus Five is uh, taken off the air by the government simply because it promotes rebellion, imagine Voltus Five. While it, I believe it that it did not have much of an effect in the start of the uprising, the first quarter storms, the rallies. As far as I as far as I see it. But the assassination of one of our senators at that time, Benigno Aquino, was a main turning point. But that's for another story, for the Edsa Revolution of the 1986. Anime in the 90s went... Uh, perhaps I, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not born in like the 80s, but around, the, say let's say, 90s. They call it the golden age of uh, dubbing. For uh, animation, not just uh, not just anime, cartoons as well. Uh, I va- if I vaguely understood it, that was when the time that was a time when the series were still dubbed locally in English, English, and then uh, we we eventually uh, transitioned to dubbing it in Filipino, or uh, around the nineties. So when I say Magic Knight Rayard and the theme song was in Filipino at that time, that was one. So to answer your question, uh, anime so far, the TV networks, we, we had a TV station as far as 1953. And yeah. so far, there's only cartoons. I, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm not sure uh, but uh, when we talk about anime, it's around the 90s up to like the 2000. 2010s, 2010s. 2010s is when I started realizing that I have an anime crush <laughs> by oh. the name of My Tokiha. And this was uh, from a series ah. called My Hime, which was aired on Channel 5, on TV5, the, the new TV5, because it was just reformatted. And the series aired alongside Code Geass, Special A Class, 
and Tora Dora. And siya ko gano'n siya na. It on it on terrestrial TV channel, not on cable TV. Yes, terrestrial TV. At that What? time, that 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 reformed TV5 is a trailblazer. It started the anime again. It made people want to to watch anime again, and it's on prime time, competing with the news time of the main TV stations, channel 2 and channel 7, the GMA network, and then the now yes. you know ABC, which I believe it it tested you as well. ABC Bin has lost his franchise just recently. What? 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 You? What? Oh, your TV? Yeah. Your TV show caught jizz on the prime time. Even, even I think even it's Japan and it's in Japan. It's not shown on prime time. Well, they have, of course, there are there are regulations, there are censors, <laughs> but anime uh, TV 5s anime ga block was again a trailblazer. They even had a weekend rerun, weekend marathon of my anime. Starting from like <laughs> five to seven, <laughs> What? or three to Ma- four Hime. to four. Mahime, yes, Mahime. Of What? all the series, aside from that, Mahime <laughs> Special A, Code Geass. <laughs> well, you can call Mahime ha- Haram for all the good reasons. My <laughs> Philippines <laughs> TV so wild. Yes, and then you call it conservative, <laughs> and then you can call us conservatives. Actually. <laughs> Oh my god. Actually only actually only saw my hime on DVD. Yeah. Uh, I, I imported it. <laughs> I imported it actually and I still have the DVD. Nice, nice. But uh, it's interesting that <laughs> uh, it's interesting that uh, you have uh, locally uh, locally produced English dubs. Yeah? Because uh, if it's in Indonesia, of course all of the animes shown on TV are dubbed just into Indonesian. <laughs> Yes. There was no English. Yes. Yeah, so I guess uh, yeah, that's because for the Philippines, you have both the Filipino and English as your official languages. Actually, Filipino is our national language, but we grew up, you know, being conquered yeah. by the Spaniards for 300 years, being conquered by the Americans for the yeah. next few years or so. Of course, uh... Uh, then, the, then World War II and then so on and so forth. So, but but we grew up in yeah. 70s grew up speaking in uh, uh, having their broadcasts mm-hmm. in English you know when their popular 70s series were being aired on Channel 9 Channel 9 was the big one way back then and it's it's pretty it's it has a pretty big margin what i'm saying is Channel 9 way back then was The, the the home of popular dramas and all that and then mismanagement happened and eventually 2021 CNN Philippines ring a bell CNN Philippines and CNN Indonesia I believe these are the first uh, local CNNs we that okay. CNN had yeah we had we have CNN in Philippines and it's on free TV not cable not just cable yeah In, in Indonesia, in, 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 in Indonesia oh. on, on, on cable TV, not on terrestrial TV. Ah, okay. But I believe well, you have... Uh, at, but, they, but, but I believe CNN Indonesia programs are jumping to uh, terrestrial TV as well. Some. Some of it, yes. Some of it, yes. Yeah. And then we um, had Rapper in Indonesia. It was kind of like syndicated to a local yeah, So uh, the condition is kind of different with Indonesia yeah, because... I think uh, the U.S. Uh, did invest on public, educa- public education in the Philippines using English language, ah. while our colonizer, the Dutch, 
they they uh they didn't teach that to most they basically Malaysians. didn't care about us usually only the uh. yeah usually only the elites who need to do yeah their business with the dutch who understand that so uh, because of that uh, the dutch language is pretty much forgotten in a couple of decades uh. and we just speak indonesian uh, outside of our own local languages of course yes And to think that you have, you're also, you're, you also have your own local languages, of which, of which I ask, how many? <laughs> it's a lot. We, we have, we have, also... we have many dialects <laughs> in the Philippines as well, from north to south. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we need a proper. Uh, do we, do we even need a proper comparison for that? Let's just say we have. Many dialects, and the Filipino is the national language, the identity of the Philippines, and then uh, Bahasa Indonesia is the ident- national identity of uh, uh, the national language, the identity of uh, the Republic of Indonesia. We're both republics, by the way. Eh? Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah, that's that's pretty similar on that regard. Mm. Difference is just uh, we we do not have English as as uh, as uh, yeah, we didn't ha- we do not have English as widespread as uh, in the Philippines. Mm, I see. Okay. Mm. So, yeah. um, mm. you also mentioned about the regulations like censorship. Yes, regulations. Uh, we have the we have movie, any information uh, about how that works in there? Uh, we, in the Philippines, we have the Movie Television Review and Classification Board, uh, the MTRCV. Yes. So, when you, uh, if you have, if you still have parabola antennas, or parabola dishes that's connected to the Philippines. Maybe you can okay. hear the five tones. Tan, 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 tan. Okay, maybe a pitch higher. That's the um, that the, the new regulation was introduced somewhere around the 2010s before 2010s. Okay. And okay. Yeah, it's PG, the parental guidance, and then the G, the general patronage, and then the strong parental guidance, which is to us it's a funny meme. But it's it's a serious it's a serious uh, regulation. But sometimes we think of SPG as a funny meme because but we, yeah yeah yeah. But 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 uh, the censor the censor in, in in the Philippines are extreme like in Indonesia because you know in Indonesia is the censor extreme like like they they can cut your story they can cut the anime story. I mm. just remember watching Buku no Hero Academia as a fans of My Hero Academia. Watch it on Indonesian television RTV. They cut all the All Might smashing the enemy. Like what? It's the essential of Hero Aka plot. Mm. All Might smashing the enemy, and they cut it. It's 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 on the Philippines. The censorship is extreme like that. Um, not I believe not. But and as far as I remember, there was this. I'm not uh, okay. Let me try to remember what happened to some of the titles that are aired on TV Five at that time. Hmm. Like Kodjus, maybe like Kodjus, like you know, Kodjus have many fan service characters. Ah, yes, and many fan service. Or maybe they left. It could be out. a com- it could be a combination of white, or it could be <laughs> yes. uh, if if it has blood on it, black and white. Ah, same as Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, what about but, so, uh, my hime? My hime, my hime was not that. What's not? I, I don't think my hime has shown the. I, I think my hime was also trimmed down. 
as far as I can see it. I I also believe that in some cases my because the, I watched the rest of the show online. That's where I got introduced to Dimay Nakahara. Dimay Nakahara. You know, aka Rainer Yugo. <laughs> so yeah, but really, I I see, perhaps I'm not that much into uh, anime on TV way back then. But when I watch, I watch. So um, I watching perhaps uh, of course I'm I got interested in the voice acting industry of the Philippines. That's where I got to mm-hmm. know the likes of uh, Mary Grace Cornell. Uh, I, I was I was a, at one ch- at a chance I, I was able to meet her in person and ask for her autograph. So I still have it on my records. So yeah, so that's a voice act. Uh, that's just one part. That's just one part. And then we have like voice coaches. I believe nowadays they're still doing their voice uh, coaching lessons. Some of them. So yeah. Uh, that's as far I, I went too far from talking about my hime if it's a censorship but um, of course censors cuss words being muted out on movies and uh, if it uh, again if it has themes uh, language violence sex horror or drugs it will be automatically put into rated SPG because that's the six that's the six ones that will be placed so um, I will share you a clip of the MTRCB ratings so, so that you can be familiar and that we can exchange some. Because uh, do you have do you have like PG ratings in Indonesia? Do you have like something like that? Yeah, there is something like that. Uh, like SU, semua umur is for all ages. BO is bimbingan orang tua or parental guidance. Yeah, but uh, in your country, they call it the uh, classification board, is that right? Yes, the, the MTRCB, the classification board, including movies. What we have here, yeah, what we have here, is actually called the censorship board. Mm. Mm. Ah, so okay. I think I think from one of the screenshots I see, there's this RBO. So that's um, it, it, it's it's complex thing RBO. It's it's like for teenagers, but with guidance guide uh. Parental guidance. It's like basically it's like 16 plus on maybe like in the US uh, US rating because I for think like only. RBO itself, yes, for for teenagers but with parental guidance. I think it's like kind of kind of awkward because in Indonesia we have R rating, not not the R rated one, the violence one, but R for remaja or teenager. And yes, and they change it to RBO, remaja bimbingan orang tua, uh, teenagers with parental guidance, like. I, I can don't get it. Teenagers want to be rebel of all they watch and all they hear and all they look, but they need parental guidance to watch TV. I think well, that's they, the reason they why know. they need to, because if you say that they want to rebel, then as a conservative myself, <laughs> sorta. Yeah. <laughs> sorta. <laughs> well, I think that's yeah, uh, so also. Yeah. Uh... The censorship board, their jurisdiction is over uh, yeah, things shown on TV and also on cinema. Yeah. Cinema. But uh, we also have another body, which is the Broadcasting Commission. Mm. Yeah, their, juris- their jurisdiction include TV, but not cinema. Mm. Yeah, um, they work more on the uh, 
on the post broadcasting end yeah. so they may receive uh, complaints from viewers after the show has been broadcasted they also observe the shows that are being broadcasted by themselves yeah so uh the so on the uh so on the source side yeah we have the censorship uh the censorship bureau they may cut the content that uh, deemed uh inappropriate and then after it's broadcasted it's still observed by the broadcasting commission hmm, i see you also have like something similar to an ad council for advertisements for billboards for commercials In Indonesia, we call it PPPI, Persatuan Periklanan di the Advertising Board, but it didn't, uh, it didn't help, it didn't help much. And in this context, it didn't uh, involve in anything in on TV or cinema. They just basically just like a union of the advertising company in Indonesia. Ah, okay, so it's like a self-regulated organization. Yes. Ah. To some extent, a censorship also present in the comic books. Because uh, they need to comply with, yeah, of the regulations. Hmm. Uh, but, but the rate, uh, sorry, but the level of censorship can uh, vary. Like, uh, if I see the manga released by Alex, I think they are pretty loose with uh, swimsuits. Uh, what, what I. I see most notable to get censored was uh, for bath scenes, especially when, yeah, when they are not wearing any clothes. Hmm. Usually, it's uh, blurred, kind of like that. Ah, okay. And yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's the lack of clothing that uh, is the is the more uh, is the consideration, mm-hmm. because there is also another scene that's that take place in a bath. But it doesn't seem to be censored because the characters are wearing swimsuits. I've got story. I've got story about this. Yeah, but and for it's MSC, told... the case. Mm-hmm. For MSC, the case is a bit different, uh, especially for My Hero Academia. Like in an earlier volume, uh, Momo's costume was censored. Ah, ah, ah. But in a later volume, the censor was only on the cover, while the content. Is not censored. Okay. Uh, it's kind of uh, yeah. The treatment was kind of <laughs> different in many ways. Mm, I see. So while for TV, uh, mm. while for TV, I think uh, what they uh, cut most often, especially for action series like Hero Academia or the Kamen Rider that has been shown on our TV, uh, are the scenes where the punch or the kicks uh, hit another character uh, so they uh, it's mostly that, the, the injury in, uh, the, 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 the fist yeah. fights the fist fights and the injuries that are cut cut as whole but funnily enough funnily enough uh, RTV actually uploaded some of their shows to YouTube mm. we can watch them for free there mm. including the and scenes. the shows that they put on YouTube are not censored They're full. They're the full episodes. <laughs> okay, yeah. but it's only available in Indonesia, right? 
Yes. Yeah, only Indonesia. And it's not regulated but, by and, the regulation. And, it's not regulated by the censorship no, no. board. Yeah. I think I think YouTube is outside of. I think oh. YouTube is outside of the regulations. Yes. But uh, not not all of the shows are put on YouTube. Uh, they uh, mainly put up their tokusatsu shows, and the children cartoons. Uh, I have not seen them uh, uploaded the Hero Academia yet. Maybe it's because of different licenser. I've got uh, a story about the censorship manga, especially manga in, in Indonesia, especially uh, My Hero Academia, since it's my uh, favorite franchise right now, French, uh, favorite, my one of the best uh, favorite uh, uh, manga that I uh, follow on. Uh, this is the story of uh, censorship itself on the back of the cover on the volume one of My Hero Academia in Indonesia. First, they didn't censor Midnight. They show Midnight with the, yeah, you know, Midnight, that character that have a boobs, and the boobs are open. And when when the, the parents see, did, see that on the bookstore, he complained to MNC. And this, 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 is, this is the story about, this is the story coming from my college, my friends working on MNC. He's an editor of My Hero Academia. He said like, what the hell is this? Is, this is a blasphemy. How can you dare to show this into my child? And afterward, my hero academia was censored on on the cover, but but on the cover, and the inside it, it's it's not that censored. It's like maybe it's like a trickery to maybe like because because you know parents will oh parents oh my god this is a safe content okay uh, I will buy for you maybe just like that <laughs> they're smart for trickering some censoring like that. Now that's a funny story, but uh, all right. So aside from midnight. Has they have they censored any other characters aside from Momo and Midnight? And especially, I think it's the cover that may that may draw attention. Though on the other hand, on the other hand, oh. <laughs> uh, I think I need to look more into that. <laughs> Those are the most notable, really. Mm. Meanwhile, in the so Philippines, the cover, uh, especially yes, yes. drawing uh, attention. All right, okay. So on the continue. other hand, Alex has been publishing. Has been publishing Hayate the Combat Butler. Yeah, even even though the cover has swimsuits, yeah, they just uh, put it like that. Ah, uh, Hayate. Uh, they're still publishing it. So far. They're still publishing it until now, no? Uh, it's already it's already finished. It's ah. already finished. Ah, they're they're publishing Tony Kakutawa now. Ah, that's why that's why that's why we got introduced to the halal love story. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's marriage story, but on oh, but on anime steroids. Hmm. That that okay. In the Philippines, we had this. Uh, we we had Kodansha titles uh, translated, uh, localized hmm. in the Filipino context, but not but not but not into the point that uh, okay now is going to be replaced by Surabaya. Uh, we had Fairy Tale and Attack on Titan in Filipino as manga. Hmm. It was it was an effort by Kodansha. Through uh, one of the local media giants, Viva, to distribute the, mm. those titles. And as far uh, prior to prior to this uh, conversation, I've talked to people who have seen it before. It stayed for twenty chapters and then it discontinued. So we don't see the the light of day, unfortunately. Wow. So that's this is why Attack I. Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan and Fairy Tale in Filipino manga with paper, with the cheap paper style and all. It 
it didn't uh, continue to be how do I say it? It it, it just it just didn't finish in distribution. So it's 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 a sad moment. And it was but, distributed. But is it the kind? It was distributed on the. Is it the kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. Is it the kind of manga sign in Filipinos are declining? The, the physical. I'm not sure with the physical, but if we talk about manga, I think much people are more interested in reading manga in English. Because ah. I don't see I don't see Filipino language manga. It was an effort to bring the manga into the mainstream, but unfortunately, it didn't last. Yon, that, that's that's a key. That's a key word. It didn't mm. last enough to have. It it has an audience like Fairy Tail is was I believe Fairy Tail was airing on local TV at that time, but not Attack on oh. Titan. But Attack on Titan is good. Okay. Yes. It, 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 it's 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 kind of kind of kind of interesting interesting thing, right? Uh, the the English version is is sold out is sold like maybe like a cake, and the Filipino version, it's not. Yes, right? as far as I see, um, maybe during their heydays, it's distributed well because it's distributed in the the largest bookstore chain in the country, national. Mm-hmm. But then again, I, it stayed for after twenty chapters. So I think uh, there's the, I, I I as much as I want to think that the audience is not used to that company set the trends. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something wrong with how it was distributed and all. If it was properly promoted and all, unlike in Indonesia, you you only have like the the Compass uh, Gramedia Group and your your basically yes. they're also partnering with local entities. We also have that that, that those kinds of like uh, X deals here, but. I don't think it succeeded in its goal. So yeah, that's that's hey, that, uh, that's a sad story in our turf. Wow. Yeah, I think for in Indonesia, uh, the Indonesian edition of the mangas do not really compete that much with English editions. Again, because English is not uh, really that familiar among. Indonesians. So uh, I think there are still many people who are still more comfortable reading Indonesian. And uh, yeah, importing manga from English language can be quite costly here. So not many people can do it. And interestingly, in Indonesia too, in Indonesia too, there's maybe like some disruptive, maybe like some uh, disrupting of physical media because you know manga plus is already make a big move um, to make a content on Indonesian language and it's a big name one piece black clover uh, spy family and kaiju number number eight is pretty viral in the Indonesian manga reader and they kind of like uh, disrupt that either I, I, maybe I don't know the disruption is maybe in in, in uh, from physical to digital in Indonesia maybe can take very very long because you know uh, people people still uh, want physical copy of the manga and gramedia.com uh, the online store of gramedia bookstore our major uh, bookstore in indonesia has maybe like discount maybe maybe like maybe like they investing on discounting their they their manga like you can maybe like uh, buy the newest manga on 30 second uh, discount price right now so to more people to buy the physical things to compete with maybe like their own 
the, the Japanese publisher Suisha to compete with it because you know maybe like in the future the the disruption it's kind of very interesting as as people we don't know the pandemic ha- uh, last and maybe like people wants to read digital uh, rather than physical and going to the bookstore but I don't know it's it's not there yet but it's maybe take a long time in Indonesia. Okay, so we've talked about anime, we've talked about manga. It's pretty, and it's I'm pretty happy to, you know, it's I'm I'm again uh, loss of words. It's really great to talk about anime and manga and Japanese pop culture with you too. Unfortunately, we have to rest on uh, on the on, on at this juncture at this moment because uh, you know this whole night of discussing. Maybe we can have a part two of this. Would, uh, yes. would it be okay to you if I invite you again for another part? <laughs> yes, of course. And everything will be about VTubers. Is that okay for you? <laughs> uh, I think I think I have someone else who can speak better about that. All right, all right, okay. So, uh, yes, uh, I think uh, we'll have to wrap up this episode. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, Halimun Muhammad of the Indonesian Anime Times and Lutfi Surianda Atmojo of loot talk and uh, yes, yes. Uh, please promote your sites uh, starting with you Hal. okay um for the for the indonesian anime times uh, you can open it at kaori nusantara okay for the indonesian anime times uh, you can visit our site at kaori nusantara.org.id slash english we also have uh, social media on facebook and twitter at ID Anima Times without any spaces and all of them lowercase. Uh, we have uh, news about uh, new licenses in Indonesia and also some news about Indonesia's own uh, popular culture like local games, local comics. And yeah, we have features like reviews, analysis, uh, interviews. Yeah, for, yeah, those are for the more uh, general uh, content. Yeah. All right. So thank you very much. And we'll go back to. Luffy, so how do we reach you? Okay, you can follow me on Instagram, maybe like Instagram Luffy Surianda, or maybe you can add my Facebook Luffy Surianda at Mojo, and maybe uh, I'm on podcast on Lutok, but on Lutok I uh, only speak Indonesian only. So if if you want to see my 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 uh, my English speaking interview, you can check me on Creative Disc. There's some interview with international artists that you can watch and I, I'm not uh, I'm not only that animate things but I'm also music journalist so and don't forget to like ghost this comic uh, that's it because you know maybe maybe after this I will start writing in English and maybe doing podcast in English <laughs> because right, because this is this is This is the first time I'm 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 recording podcast with English language. I collaborate because with English language, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can try that because again, the global podcast audience is big, and I <laughs> one of one of your colleagues. Um, I'm I'm not sure. His name is Ehi. He and uh, Eighty, uh, this guy named Eighty, mm-hmm. both uh, both of them have this podcast called Virtually Talking. It's all about VTubers. I'm 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 I'm, okay. I'm sharing that here right now, guys. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So well, maybe maybe in the next maybe in the next podcast, uh, Jay, we can talk further about VTubers community yes. in Indonesia yes. because you know it's like 
It's kind of wild, 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 wild. like it's literally really wild. wild. Right? It's really wild, right? <laughs> yes. As a as a manager of VTubers too. Oh, there, 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 there's there's a lot of to share too. All right. With that said, uh, with that said, uh, it's it's night time. So how do you say thank you and uh, good night in Indonesia? In Bahasa Indonesia. In Indonesia? Yeah. So thank you and good night. How do I say that? Oh, we say we say terima kasih dan and selamat malam. Terima kasih for uh, ah. thank you and selamat malam is for good night. All right. Thank you very much. Terima kasih, selamat malam. This has been episode 85 of Keep Sakes the Podcast. Salamat, Jai. Okay. Thank you. See you later. next time. Next time, next time. <laughs>